When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by Expand the Box Score. On today's episode, we're going to continue our player profiles. We're going to tackle wide receiver out of TCU, Jalen Reger. As always, I am joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Definitely excited to get into this one. He's one of the guys that um, I personally, and I, if I remember correctly, you as well, have been high on all season. Even with him having a down year, which we've even stated, isn't ultimately his fault. It took TCU, what? four or five weeks to even figure out who their quarterback was going to be for the season. And that just, that doesn't help a receiver. It doesn't help the running game. It doesn't help the team at all. So um, once they figured that out, he did start to have a little bit better year, but man, they just, they didn't get him the ball nearly as much as they should have this year. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So I'm kind of excited to dive into him because, you know, it's for me personally, he's, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we've talked about and you kind of taught me along the way when we've been doing this show is, is at first I was like, man, Rager, man, look at his stats, dude. Like, what are you talking about, Stoops? This guy is not, is not that good. And it's like, you're not focused just on Rager, Ricky. you got to focus on the talent around him. And, and that's kind of like whenever we talked about uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and, and, and Kalaja Limscombe. Those guys didn't, you know, look, well, Vaughn was just absolutely absurd this year, but in spite of everybody else, you know what I mean? But he's a running back, so it's a little bit different there because he's still going to get 15, 20 touches. But if your quarterback you know, play is bad. Guy's not going to touch the ball nearly half as much as he would, you know, if he's, you know, you know, a running back, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it it was a learning curve, but at the same time, understanding that now you can't hold it against them. We've talked about Rager, I think several times on this show. So I'm kind of excited after watching him and and diving into a little bit of his tape. So let's go ahead and dive into the pros, cons, and the finish. All right, Stoops, kick us off with our pros about Mr. Jalen Rager. Yeah, so obviously the one that definitely flew off um, was he's just great on special teams um, where he had that. And I talked about it before um, that one where he was back there, kind of muffed it a little bit, picked it up and just ran it in for a touchdown. So definitely has the special teams trait. Um, Love to see that definitely gets him onto the field um, in more ways than just being a receiver, obviously. Um, So he's great with the ball in his hands in general, whether it's a pass catch, you know, or a run or special teams, it really makes no difference whatsoever. And like I said, you know, when we first first kicked this off, TCU just didn't get him the ball enough. They just needed to figure out ways to get the ball into his hands. When he's running, it's it's unbelievable. Um, His sophomore year last year, which was his best season, um, 
he had 15.4 yards per carry, like from a receiver. Um, albeit, yes, he's not getting the ball 200 and some odd times. I get that. But nonetheless, like when he gets the ball, man, he is gaining yards. So definitely love to see that from him. Um, and I kind of told you off the air, this next one, I don't know if it's a pro or a con. It kind of can go both ways, I guess. But he's definitely a big play guy. 61.1% of his touches have gone for eight yards or more. Um, and 36% of them went for actually 14 yards or more. Um, so it's just one of those where he's got the big play ability. And you absolutely love that. But that's kind of what he does, you know, which isn't a terrible thing. I understand that because especially in leagues, whenever you have those boosts, you know, if it's a 40-yard touchdown or if it's, you know, he gets 100 total yards for the game, you get some boosts. So that's that's an awesome thing to have. But if he's not having those big games a lot of times, he's not doing a whole lot. Now, that being said, that definitely can speak to the TCU offense as a whole. Um but overall, as long as a team can utilize him in the right way, he is going to do what he needs to do on the field. And he's going to basically get you those points, um, you know, from a fantasy side. And we'll obviously get into that in a little bit. But um, definitely a big play guy. A lot of his plays. I mean, he had 107 total touches um, that went for eight yards or more. So that's definitely that's just an awesome thing to see. you got to love that. Yeah, definitely for sure. Like I told you off the air, I literally wrote down fast, 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 elusive. Uh, he's insane to watch um i have one that's kind of like a pro but a con type thing as well but i'll, I'll kind of talk about it a little bit later so when it comes to the outside routes he runs them perfectly you know what i mean uh, you know he reminds me look he's not a one uh one route type of guy and i will bring up one person that's mr henry ruggs the third but he can make plays deep down the field he can make plays you can throw him the bubble screen and he's going to take it to the house you know, he's got that capability. There's some downside to his route running, and I'll get to that in a minute. But he, and this is this is one of the ones, and I kind of was like, man, I'm watching him play, and I'm like, who does this remind me of? Who does this remind me of? He reminds me of a lesser crisp version of Randall Cobb. I mean, he's a lot faster than Randall Cobb, but I think possession receiver-wise, I think he kind of reminded me a little bit of Randall Cobb, but there's a difference. Cobb is a little bit better under the uh, across the middle than, than Rager is, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but for me, obviously the big game this year was against Oklahoma. Um, he, had, he had a great game. He had, I'm sorry, that was not... That was last year. Sorry. Last year. <laughs> last year, he had the big game against Oklahoma. That's where I was guys going with this. Sorry about that, guys. Um, he had 213 yards, two total touchdowns. It was a beautiful display of a game. Uh, he had five carries for 121 yards. The get, that's the thing that Stoop says. How they forgot to get this kid the ball in his hand just blew my mind. This guy should have 10 targets or 10 touches each and every game of the entire season. And the fact that he didn't was frustrated like the Baylor game one catch for eight yards what he had two rushes for four yards like you literally three times you put the ball in his hands that's it Oklahoma this year's Oklahoma game one catch nine yards one rush 16 yards like what are like what in the world made you think that this was okay not to get this guy the ball sooner often and regularly each and every week it didn't matter what your quarterback play was just get the ball to Rager. Even if, like you said, there's going to be some plays where he only gets one or two yards. It's going to happen. That's what happens to like a Tyree kill. That's what happens to guys like that. You're going to catch a bubble screen. You're going to get two or three yards, and it's going to happen. There's no problem. But you do that with the off chance that Rager takes it to the house. You know what I'm saying? So that, to me, is one big thing that stood out. Obviously, the fast, the elusiveness. He has the big playmaking ability, which is absolutely absurd, Stoops. 
Well, and like you said, both of us said, you get him the ball. I mean, you look at the Iowa State game, four catches, two touchdowns. He had, what was it, Kansas State, eight catches, 85 yards. uh, Oklahoma State, seven catches, 128 yards. Like, just get him the ball. Like, you know, I I just – just the more I look at this, I'm listening to you talk and I'm looking at the stats here and I'm just like, I, I just don't get it. You know, whenever you start talking about the Kansas and the, you know, even the Texas game, it, it just, how, I don't know. I, it's just frustrating to look at, you know, and, and TCU wasn't a terrible team. I mean, they didn't look great, obviously, this year, but I think a lot of it had to do with they didn't get their best player the ball often enough. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, when he got the ball, he did what he needed to do with it. So, um, Gotta love that from him, but man, I just hope at the next level, um, obviously talent jumps to a whole different, you know, uh, the different level. But man, I hope whatever team he goes to just gets him to the ball in little fun ways. Uh, one thing that you touched on that I think is very vital and very key is a special teams thing because that's going to get him on the football field. And if he starts mm-hmm. making play in special teams um, for the team, they're going to want to get him the ball on the offensive side of the ball. So you have a lot of options with Rager. Rager isn't just a one-trick pony. Rager can kick return, punt return. So, you know, you have a variety of options of him being able to take it to the house. So him being able to see the field in his rookie season as a kick return or punt return is going to elevate his stock uh, heading into the years to come after that. Well, and you you look, and this just popped in my head, like when Devin Hester, uh, he was probably the best punt returner we've ever seen in the game. And they even decided, you know what, let's, granted he was a corner, you know, but they said, you know what, let's put him at receiver. Jalen Rager's already a receiver. So yep. if Jalen Rager can get on the field, you know, even if it is just a special teams role for the, the first year, even maybe going into that second year, if he's making plays, he's already a receiver. And I do think he's going to be, a, a you know, a receiver already on the field. They're going to get him out there. But like you said, make plays on special teams. They're going to put you on the field for sure. Exactly. All right, since so I'm going to kick us off about the cons for Jalen Rager. For me, this guy does not like contact. Okay, and look, I know nobody likes contact. I don't like getting contact. I wouldn't want to get hit either. But for me personally, he does not – he just doesn't exist across the middle. He doesn't. And that's why the comparison to Cobb was very light because Cobb will go across the middle. Cobb will take a hit, obviously, with the 95 injuries the guys had. But Rager, to me, I don't know if he's necessarily afraid to get a hit or he just doesn't want to get hit. Obviously, you know, he doesn't have that bigger frame as some of the other guys do. He's, you know, 5'11", you know, 200 pounds. But um, to me, I think that's going to cause him to get stereotyped in the NFL um, as a one-trick pony. Obviously, I meant on the receiving-wise, obviously the special teams-wise. But if he's a kind of a one-trick pony of either the deep ball or the bubble screen, he's, nobody's going to take him seriously on the intermediate routes. And that, to me, is a very concerning thing. I think that he... Um, I think that he needs to win his matchups on the line of scrimmage as well. I think that he has a very hard time winning it. I think he wins off of speed and not off of his ability to make the moves with his feet footwork. And that to me is one thing that kind of stood out. If somebody kind of crowded him, he wasn't able to get away from them um, with his footwork. It was just like, hey, I'm going to burn you deep. End of story. And and that's going to work, but it's not going to work every single time in the NFL. You know what I mean? If you have a guy that's very good at blanketing you in coverage, you're not going to get away from him as well. So I I think that he could very much use um, some next level uh, craft on his footwork. And he needs to be able to go across the middle and take a hit. You know, catch a ball, take a hit. 
and, and go about your life. You know what I mean? Type of situation. You're going to get hit and it's going to happen in the NFL. You just have to be able to be willing and wanting to take that hit. And it's not an easy thing to do, but it's something that he needs to work on, Stoops. No, I completely agree with you. Um, jumping into my, my cons over here. So I, I've got – first thing I have is so he's had two down seasons. Uh, and by that, I mean he hasn't had too many rushing yards, too many receiving yards. You know, he's had enough. You know, he does what he does what he, what he does when he has the ball. But he's had two down seasons, and <laughs> I made myself laugh when I put this one down. I feel like a Jordan Love truther right now. <laughs> Go watch the 2018 film. That's what everyone told me about Jordan Love. That's what I'm going to tell you about Jalen Rager. Um, go watch the 2018 film. Look at his stats from that season. He, that, that is his potential. That is what he is capable of doing. But one other thing, and this is actually a pro um, that I just remembered I have written down. His dominator rating does speak to what he is capable of doing. His freshman season, 22% dominator rating. Um, jump ahead, junior season, 293 So this season, 29.3% um, for that dominator rating. Even with him having essentially the worst season of his his career, um, not necessarily statistically, but just looking at him on the field. But his sophomore season, that one we keep talking about, 55.5% dominated rating. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Um, but two of his three seasons are, are, are technically considered down seasons whenever you look at the stats as a whole. But that dominated rating definitely speaks to what he is capable of doing. So um, love looking at that stat. Um, and this isn't necessarily a con towards him, and I already said it, um, but the quarterback play, you know, it just he didn't have have the, the top talents thrown to him. So I think it did um, hinder his ability a little bit and, and his stats. So um, love to see him get with a, a top-notch quarterback. You know, once he gets to that NFL level, he's going to have even the worst of the quarterbacks at, at the next level are probably going to be better than what he had in college, maybe, um, depending on where he goes. But no, definitely want to see, see some uh, top talents thrown to him. Yeah, I agree with 100%. I mean, there's a several ideal landing spots for him where I think that he could thrive. But to me, you know, if he falls to that right lineup where he's able to kind of showcase his ability on special teams, I think that he's going to elevate just his playing time as general and get him on the football field a lot more than, you know, he would if he wasn't playing special teams. Because special teams plays a key factor in seeing the football field. I mean, we've seen it time and time again with guys. I mean, even what you said with uh, – you know, with Devin Hester and stuff like that. So with that being said, what do you see for a fantasy outlook for Mr. Rager? Yeah, so what I see is is he's one that I do feel – I think his talent is going to excel no matter where he goes, but I think landing spot's going to be huge for him. I think it's going to be just absolutely massive. Um, if he hits that right landing spot, I almost think he could have it. It kind of hit me. I think he could have like a Debo Samuel type year where in that offseason – Debo had the hype. You know, he is capable of this. He can do this. He's great here. He's great there. Um, but when he went to San Francisco, um, and I think a lot of it really did start to help whenever they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. So they had that guy who is a number one receiver, and they can, you know, pull some coverages off of Samuel. Um, I think that helped him a lot. But I think he could have the, that type of a season um, if he goes to the right fit. So overall, though, I think he's going to be uh, – got to be a little more patient with him. I think he's one that isn't going to come in first year, and I don't think he's just going to, you know, blow you out of the water and put up massive numbers week after week. Um, but I think he has the potential, and this is huge. This is huge, and I mean this from a football side not a mental side. I think he can have Antonio Brown type numbers in the right scheme. And that says a lot. I know it does. Um, or I think it could be a Cooper cup, which Cooper cup to me is a more consistent play. Um, Antonio Brown was a, a granted. He did it pretty consistently when he was with big Ben, but um, putting up those big, big, big numbers week after week, Cooper cup to me, he'll give you those big, big numbers, but he was more of that 
13 to 16 point a week kind of guy. And I think Jalen Rager can do that. So neither of those are obviously bad plays. You'd love to see numbers like that. But um, landing spot's going to be huge for Jalen Rager for sure. Yeah, I totally, totally 100% agree. Um, for me, he's he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of upside, and there's a lot to like about him. So for me, he's a very intriguing prospect that – you know, I would be very guarded on where you select him, obviously, right this second. But heading into the season, it's like, you know, that's with a lot of these guys. It's going to depend on landing spots. You know, Rager could end up with the most ideal landing spot, like in Arizona or Kansas City or, you know, somewhere, Philadelphia or somewhere like that where he's going to be utilized right out the gate versus somewhere like, uh, you know, where he's going to be buried on the death chart. You know what I mean? And and he could elevate he could elevate elsewhere because of that. You know what I mean? Like it, it all depends on where he lands. And that's where the, a lot of these guys, we kind of focus on the fantasy outlook. I, I love when Stoops does him because not only is he kind of diving into this, but at the same time, he's looking at it from a, a broader stroke situation. And it's kind of teaching me ways of, of, of tackling some of these drafts in my opinion, because there's two ways you can look at it. When the guy gets drafted, obviously where he lands is going to elevate the guy. He could be number 10 ranked right now, but he could be number one the day after. You know what I mean? Like, you know, where you're going to take him. But right now you're looking at it both sides. I, I want to look at ideal fits and I want to look at if he lands here, oh my God. If he lands here, eh, you know what I mean? Like you kind of put a, a, a box around certain guys and you're like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on where he lands. But these other guys, it's like wherever they land, they're fine. Rager, he's a guy, if he lands in the right spot, he's going to be a very high drafted pick. And and one thing that I would like to say is, so I, it's been on Twitter. Um, oh, I saw it a lot today. Um, people were talking about Daryl Henderson and how he was kind of that, that offseason, like, man, I think he can you know really excel at the next level. Then he goes to the Rams. And people jumped on that bandwagon so fast because there was that uncertainty to Todd Gurley, right? Well, he was fine enough, I guess, you know, but Henderson just didn't get that play that they really all expected. And to me, when I say ideal landing spot, it's not based on, well, this guy's been hurt. So I think Rager could potentially jump in. Like you don't bump someone up your board simply because, well, he could be the guy if so-and-so is hurt or stays out. Like, no, Debo went into that, that type of scheme where he's either the guy or he's not the guy, you know what I mean? And you yeah. kind of take it for what you want on that sense. So that's why for me, like with Jalen Rager, when I say the right spot, I literally mean the spot where he can just slot in and be, be one of the contributing factors, not based on someone else's injury. Like if he was, for example, to go to, um, and I don't know if he even would, but like a Cincinnati, for example, Cincinnati would be drafting him because, and I'm not saying he would be AJ Green's replacement, but, he would be someone they could put in for me like that's not a reason to draft him earlier because well aj green might miss time yeah well aj green could be perfectly fine healthy out there and put up you know his his normal wide receiver one numbers and now jalen rager is just someone just kind of chilling on your bench so i think the, the it's it's crazy because i used to not think this way you know where it's it's the landing spot landing spot i'm like no this dude's talented he's going to put up numbers once I've been in Dynasty a little bit longer, this will be now that we're in the offseason, technically going into my third season for Dynasty. So I'm still fairly new with it. But it's just stuff you learn over the years where landing spots important, but it's based on more of opportunity as opposed to, well, potential opportunity because of injuries. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. I agree 100 percent. Like I said, that's to me is, is what the fun part about this is, is, is learning that stuff and understanding that stuff is it's totally different. Um, going into it and it has the mind frame it kind of changes your outlook on the entire process 
Absolutely. All right, folks, do us a favor. Head over to expandtheboxscore.com. Uh, use the promo code STOOPS to get unlocked uh, 10% um, off this, the tools and uh, utilize those on the website. Head on over to Twitter and give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Give the show a follow at underscore or at underscore at the Debbie Delight. Do us a favor. If you're listening to us on iTunes, do us a favor. Give us a five-star review. Leave a little nice little comment or negative comment or just say Stoops sucks. It doesn't matter. Just leave a comment for us. As long I, as it's five stars, whatever. It, exactly. As long as you're leaving a five-star remark, I really don't care what the comment says. But if you could subscribe to the you know channel wherever you listen to it. And until next time, guys, we'll talk to you guys soon. See y'all later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.